on this week's award-nominated show, Margate hoped not to get caught short. So um, the suggestion was made was to close to at half time. So what you stop then is a mass of people went to the same time. Well, Welling United boss Bradley Quinton is ready for the start of the new season. Pre-season's been enjoyable. Um, a different, complete different way of being a manager. Sheffield United, iron FA Cup upset. We couldn't have hoped for a better draw. We're very much so excited to welcome those boys in. So we'll see how, what we can do. K-Sports set out their stall for a strong season. With my squad back to where I need to be, we can put, we, we could push any team. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast brought to you in association with SCSA Sports Management, the football agency that strives for excellence and always puts the person first. Check out their website, scsasportsmanagement.co.uk. I'm getting a bit fed up with saying it's been an eventful week, but at least we've had 24 hours to digest the FA's brain fart before recording this show. Another four interviews for this week and none of the four have ever been on the show before, so that's all good. Unlike those four, I'm still John Phipps and I'm making my 139th podcast appearance this week, as is the man who we'll hear from next. Although one of them, when he's in a short clip from Malta talking about Lilo's, definitely goes down as a substitute appearance. Matt Gerrard, how are you? Always been a substitute, mate. Never, never a starting 11. So, yeah, you're always bad. in the starting 11 for me, mate. Always. You're too kind. You're, I, I need you to write to me because you're my biographer, because you're always very nice to me, which is very nice. So, uh, apart from that, yes, we're, what is it, middle of the week? Weather's October tomorrow, which is mental, isn't it? So, um, but maybe we'll have a bit of football on the on the horizons. But um, <laughs> as we discuss, yeah. But apart from that, yeah, everything's yeah, it's all a bit mental still, isn't it? So, but oh. I, I still can't we discuss this, does it? I still don't know why Kent hasn't got many cases. So, no. But which Although, is good, long to, may may continue. There's not many in uh, in my area of East Sussex, but according yeah. to the wonderful. Uh, NHS COVID app. I live in an area with medium risk. Oh, I'm medium uh, risk. Oh, yeah. yeah. Apparently, the, my local authority has high and rising levels of infection. No, it doesn't. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll talk about that stuff later on in the show. Uh, as I've already said, it's our 139th episode this week. And that led me to a film that probably was being recorded about this time 100 years ago. Miss 139 was an American silent crime drama, but apparently it's now a lost film, which means it doesn't exist anywhere anymore. You can't just look it up on YouTube like you can Matt's commentary. Apparently, it was also retitled Amazing Lovers for its release. So basically, Miss 139 never really was a thing anyway. Uh, all very odd. Was Buster Talk- Keaton or Charlie Chaplin in that, was it? Uh, I don't know, actually. That's, I like uh, Buster Keaton. Do you know, I love you know, you know, I quite like the old silent comedy movies because, you know, when he was hanging off the. No, we've got uh, Diana Allen, who apparently was a Ziegfeld girl, uh, Mark McDermott, Eugene Strong, E.G. E.J. Ratcliffe, uh, and. Tatjana Ira had a great part. They were the squirrel. It sounds like a really good film, actually. Yeah. I wouldn't mind watching it. it was that, 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 was that the first ever film made then? Was it? No, no, just a, a film. The films were starting to be a thing in the in the in the yeah. in the twenties. So, when we grew up, the nineteen twenties were always seen as some sort of magical era. I mean, obviously yeah. they were terrible because they were in the two world wars. But so far, the twenty twenties really, really are not living up to any expectations, are they? <laughs> no, it's been. Uh... It's been an eventful time. So if we had 2020 vision, we wouldn't start 2020, I suppose, would you? Well, exactly. Uh, Do let's... you remember 2020, the drink? No. There used to be a drink called 2020 when I was about right. eight. It was like, you know, those Alco Pops. And everybody used to, it used to come in a glass bottle. And it was it was like, you know, we used to get Bing. Remember Bing? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit like that. But alcohol and everybody used to 
drink it. I've got a thing. I've just Googled it and it's come up with Mad Dog 2020. Yeah, that's it. Mad Dog 2020. Yeah. So it was um, a big drink, probably early 90s, I reckon. And everybody was on it down the pub when you were 16 and went to the pub. And um, yeah, Mad Dog 2020. Yeah. I don't know if you can still get it. Can you? Uh, apparently it's it's available on Amazon. Uh, you can yeah. get a MD 2020. Oh, I have to just call it MD these days because, yeah, okay. you know, you can't do things like that. Uh, strawberry flavour, 11 yeah. plus 4.99 delivery. Yeah, I think there was other flavour. I think it was a yellow one. It was, you know... They've they, got, they, at the moment, they've got orange dragon fruit, strawberry, blue raspberry, all available uh, on Amazon. Other sellers must be available. Uh, so if anybody... You can get three of them, strawberry, raspberry and orange jubilee for £39.69. So if anybody would like to send them to Matt Gerard, I'm sure we'd love to. Uh, it's, it's one of these things. I can't... If you drunk it now, you think what, it just... It would be so sickly sweet. But, you know, it was... When you were trying to attract the opposite sex, that was the drink to, oh, would you want a 2020? So wow. there you go. Back in uh, the day. Just, it, you must have been hoping that they also didn't have 2020 vision. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I didn't get anywhere. Yeah, yeah, I don't, <laughs> anyway, let's start uh, this week's show proper with the FA announcement yesterday regarding this weekend's FA Cup fixtures. If you're not aware, um, they have ruled that no fans of elite clubs are allowed to watch their teams in action. So, for example, Sheffield United against Welling United can take place. It can take place with a crowd, but none of them are allowed to be Welling United supporters. How that's going to be placed, I've got no ideas. Had the game been at part of your road, it would have been played behind closed doors. It's also thrown up some hilarity provided by Dartford, who plays Slough Town. No fans are allowed to watch that match from the stands or terraces at Prince's Park, but they are, well, some at least, allowed to watch a live stream of the game from the bar at Prince's Park as long as they can't see the pitch. Now, during the last six months, the FA and, to be honest, the government have done some things that make no sense at all, like the latest face covering guidelines that mean if my parents come to stay at the B&B, I have to wear a face covering to serve them. Yet I can go out and sit down in a restaurant with them without wearing one. But for me, this one really, really takes the biscuit. We'll discuss the knock-on for the National League in a minute. But, Matt, it's been a day now. What are your thoughts on this move by the FA? It doesn't make... Um any sense there's been no rhyme or reason for this is there is it all to do with elite again yeah but apparently so apparently the ruling is that no supporters of elite fan i mean i didn't know i mean i know this virus is obviously very clever because it's spread very well but as well as apparently being able to tell what time it is to to affect people in pubs it can now work out what football team you support so i mean in all, in all honesty mate you're a dove athletic fan you're much more likely to spread the virus than, than me who doesn't support a football team so you know maybe i'm glad we're doing this over zoom or teams or whatever it is rather than uh, in person mate because i tell you it'd be all sorts of strife wouldn't it yeah it, it it doesn't make and again you said in there how are you supposed to police this because if you're a well united fan um so i sheffield only allowed 300 aren't they yeah yeah and i th- I understand they have sold their 300 yeah which yeah but there may be other teams like folks that at chatham they can well they can go to that can't they but yeah it's a, it just does not make any sense at all why this would be the case i've got absolutely no um, idea, but and when you think about the Dartford thing, surely a last-minute penalty, somebody's going to open the curtains, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> of course yeah. they are. <laughs> yeah. I'm just they didn't. It's insane. I, I mean, uh, and, and the other thing for me that, that's really odd about it is obviously Corinthian are at home to a, an, an elite team. Corinthian, they will admit they don't get big crowds in. They wouldn't be expecting to get 300 if it was just home fans uh, for the game with Hampton and Richmond Borough on Saturday. They would probably have sold plenty of tickets to Hampton and Richmond Borough fan so i 
um, I text Michael Golden and said, well, you know, what are you going to do? And he said, well, we're going to make sure they've all got Corinthian shirts on. I said, well, make sure they're not wearing Celtic kits and, and pre- pretending. Uh, but but also, what what is the point of getting a big draw now? Because for those clubs, it's a money spinner, isn't it? For, for, for a Corinthian, for, for a, a Sheppey United, to get a big crowd in, it's the money spinner. You look at the draw, you go into the hat and you're thinking, well, we can get fans in. And, and now that's being taken away from them. And to, to, to top it all off, they're still splitting the gate revenues at 50-50 as well. It is that's absolute insanity. Yeah, nobody seems to have got that. So what what I would like to see happens in the third round of the FA Cup, when Folkestone and Victor get to the third round of the FA Cup and they draw it home to Manchester United, <laughs> they'll only be allowed 600 people in. And, and all Folkestone fans. And all Folkestone fans. So... Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I don't know if it's all down to the elite thing, but it, it seems an absolute farce. That's and you know, I don't know. We should recommend this if you are a supporter of a club that can go to a so-called lower league club that's not elite. I would say go ahead and do it. <laughs> Who's going to check you if you if from that point of view? Well, let's say so public age of Farnborough. So Farnborough, what three hundred, yeah. six hundred Farnborough? Yeah. You know, Tunbridge, like in Maidstone as well. They would have. Hendon, they'd have taken two, three hundred. So, and I'm sure Hendon are hoping that that's going to be six hundred sellout because Hendon might not have six hundred fans, but with these Maidstone fans who are going to pretend to be Hendon fans, that'll be it. Nobody's going to police it. It's an absolute farce. And sharing the gates as well. Surely these clubs can think about earned a little bit of money at this time. So, yeah. Well, I just what I find really funny is obviously now no Welling United supporter is allowed to put any money into the Sheppey United coffers on Saturday. Yet Sheppey United have got to give half the money to Welling United. What? What? Yes. Um, again, a lot of people have been querying this on social media, but there hasn't been a, a relevant answer, I don't think, has there, about what's going on. So, But if, I was hoping common sense might come into play and they won't do that. I think they, they might think about it for the next round, but I think the next round is actually a Tuesday night, isn't it? Yeah, week on Tuesday. So that's easier said than done when you've got to travel out the country with supporters. So, yeah, a, a, a absolute farce, to be honest. Um, but... <laughs> Well, nothing surprises you these days now, does it? Really? Your unwavering belief in common sense prevailing is—you've really got to stop this because we've been going through this for what nearly seven months now. Have you ever noticed any outbreak of common sense? No, no. But, but yeah, I've, there must be. Okay, there must be some person who actually thinks of this and thinks this is not right. We can't do this. But 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 uh, yeah. Maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe, as Matt oh, says, we we certainly wouldn't condone breaking the rules, but. I would be very, very surprised if at Corinthian they were saying to people on Saturday, now, do you support Corinthian before letting people in? And and for these clubs, th- this is this is where it gets really hard for, for clubs like that. What are the punishments going to be if it's found out that this has happened? And Corinthian will want to get people in through the doors. That, 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 there's no doubt about it. They would love to get as many people in to their stadium on Saturday to watch that game against Hanchman and Richmond Borough. They would be idiots to be turning people away, but that's what they've been taught. That's what they've been ordered to do. And it's the same. I don't know if you've seen the statement from Corinthian casuals, the uh, brilliantly sarcastic one about their game with Dulwich Hamlet. And it's a nightmare for them. They can have 600 in and uh, they've got a big draw. That is, that is probably for Corinthian casuals, the one tie they would have wanted to get the fans in through the gate, Dulwich Hamlet at home with their brilliant supporters. And now they're basically saying, if you're wearing pink, you're not coming in. Uh, I'm hoping common sense prevails on this, but give so, it up. <laughs> but so what happens in the well? Yeah. So yeah, again, as we say, folks are against Manchester United. 
in the third round. Yeah, you can't even swap it, can you? No. Well, you could you could swap it and play an empty Old Trafford. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh dear. Oh, dear. Well, dear. interestingly, before that uh, that announcement, uh, Matt spoke to Margate General Manager Denny Wilson on Saturday about the impact that the virus is having on the club, their preparations. Uh, and even actually, despite this announcement, it, it's, it's a really, really interesting listen. So here he is, uh, Margate General Manager Denny Wilson speaking to Matt. Uh, so it's been uh, a long process. Obviously, we were allowed um, teams in from the uh, Dover game was our first one, wasn't it? Um, so we were the Ramsgate was a maximum of 300, which we hit in the, in the sort of first time. But yeah, the actual lead up to it, because the FA released their guidelines on the Wednesday, and we had the match on the Saturday, giving you only a couple of days to really completely sort of change how you operate on site. Did so, you get much um, guidance from the FA, or is it you're left to your own devices to sort this out? So, I don't want to be seen to be disparaging the FA, so I, I won't go down too far. Then. They give you guidance, um, and from that guidance, you need people who are um, qualified enough to understand that and put it into practice. What we have seen, and luckily, luckily myself and Peter Kofi are both health and safety qualified, but what I did notice from lots of other clubs across our league is they took the guidance, the sort of sheet, yeah. and they basically posted that directly on their own site with their badge on it, and it would say things like, um, what uh, you need to implement systems to mitigate uh, pinch points, for example, where people sort of um, all gather. And people just leave that on there as, you know, we need to mitigate pinch points, but no actual way of doing that. Whereas, once again, with my background, Pete and myself, we know that we have to actually put an action in place for that. So, so if, if cl- you mentioned clubs who didn't have that... Loads. loads. And, what's and, they, and I, I'm not going to name names, but I looked at, we obviously trying to sort of um, look at what other clubs are doing. So we've had things like um, Zoom meetings with the league um, and some good suggestions there. But then you look on people's websites, we have to post the, the actual um, uh, risk assessments. And some of them are but, uh, yeah, sort of fairly, um, a, 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 almost just the template sent out by the league. Which I don't blame Did, did somebody come and check that as well now? Yeah, we, as far as we're aware, the, the league are sort of looking through, making sure we had posts on our website. They are doing spot checks of grounds and such. We had one early on, so we were very lucky that they came here and we were all singing, all dancing. So you can have up to 600 spectators now. How have they coped, you know, in this current situation? Have they been pretty, yeah, we, we want to do to help the club out? Yeah, most people... I'd say 90% of people actually understand what we're going through. We've taken some extreme, more extreme measures. So during one of the Zoom conferences, for example, one club put forward that the um, biggest pinch point they had in their ground was toilets, as it is with us. We only have limited toilets here. So um, the suggestion was made was to close toilets half-time because what you stop then is a mass of people going to the same time, and that's the biggest problem. So we implemented that as well because um, we have, even now with the toilets social distance as well, you can imagine you've got one on, one off, one yeah. on, one off. We've only got six anyway. Um, that's a real problem for the fans. They can't stand this at the moment. It's a little bit of stick I'm taking online about it. Um, but I, uh, they have just, we have just got a grant, so I'll be reinstating two sets of toilets soon. So it's been, those sort of things are real problems that you have to, we have to do certain things. Um, it is the best way to do it um, is to sort of close toilets half time to have that system where people are then almost forced into using it throughout the game but then leaving a situation where, you get, where customers aren't happy about it and it's that give and take isn't it? Yeah, I suppose it's current situation as a general manager of the football club worried about the toilets shouldn't be your highest priority should it? Not really no but like you say it, it matters to the fans doesn't it? It matters to the supporters and if, within this Covid situation it's a problem I have to deal with so you put your solution in place it's, it's not the ideal solution. Um, and like I said, luckily, the grant that is funded by the Premier League... So how much money did you get, if you're allowed to say? Yeah, uh, I don't know if I'm actually allowed to say. If I'm, so I'll just say we got the full amount, I'll right. say. Um, so that will go towards now reinstating toilets and some new, um, some extra sort of procedures down the front, including temperature checks and such on the way in. Have 
as it's cost the club money anyway for doing this, would you say? Oh, it, it absolutely does, yeah. Um, but, like I said, I can't knock the FA in this respect. Drawing down, they gave us an early £500 grant, which I can mention sort of straight away. They gave us to get some equipment in, things like gels and such, um, when we were first reopening to the lowest level. And now, like I say, this new support they've packaged put together really is going to help. Talk, talking about, you know, your level, level three, you can get spectators in. We've got the Kent sides, level one and two can't. Would you say how it's gone for the moment... You think that we could, they could put people in as well, or it's difficult because they could get higher gates. What's the, have you had any correspondence with the other sides in Kent? Uh, only Dover when we uh, Dover and Ramsgate briefly, because obviously Ramsgate got people in and Dover yeah. came here. Um, I do actually think you could the, those sort of um, teams slightly above us. Let's see, National League South, National League teams could have fans in. Um, and I, I think it has to deliver, but it just needs to be more stringent. The checks. If everyone was to put in the same level of um, uh, risk assessment and actions in place that we have, there's no reason you couldn't. Especially, you can put pubs open until 10 o'clock. If you're sitting indoors, you can go into a pub, sit from 10 till 10, indoors, breathing in that air all day. These are all open-air stadiums, aren't they? It's, it's, it's the least chance of, um, of airborne infection spread. So, yeah, no, I think um, those bigger clubs should be allowed to at this point. Um, you must feel for them as well, but they could be getting money, which... Doesn't won't filter down to you as well, so it's a double-edged sword, I suppose, is it? Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, they need to get the season going. Um, the wages and such, you've got players on, or problem, uh, who aren't receiving wages, you've got staff behind the scenes, um, and then all the commercial side around it. So I understand that they need some support in the FA and the Premier League potentially going to help them. Yeah. But, yeah, it is a double-edged sword, because if you've got some fans back in the stadium, allow them 30%, 40% attendance, and, and really be stringent, make sure they have put everything in place, it could be opened again, I believe. Oh, no, but you've been streaming matches, are you streaming matches again today as well? Yeah. Are you charging for that? No, um, Was there a reason for that? No, we just think it's probably the right thing to do at the moment. Our attendance is down by about 100 people at the moment compared to last year, um, and the majority of us are the older fans that are less... Less brave, more more um, risk averse. Yeah. Oh, I completely understand. So, for us, it's something we can do for them to allow them to be here, of actually being here. Um, obviously, there's, a, there's always a chance that people would stay at home and watch the stream as opposed to come in here and not buy a ticket, which is not good for us. But by the same token, we think if we offer this service to those people that genuinely can't come in for COVID reasons, I think we're doing our bit. Also, to make some money, you've released your kit this week, which is gone mad on social media i know the libertines as a sponsor helps but it's quite a nice designed shirt as well how's that gone because i think previously you sent a lot around the world oh yeah it started very well in the same respect yeah we get um orders from everywhere from your scandinavian sort of areas through to japan and um, korea were quite popular in australia argentina brazil all these sort of places we end up selling shirts and they have gone a bit mad so far so and that's and that's a way to earn money for the club as well isn't it it's a massive one yeah we'll see we're very lucky most clubs at our level yeah, sell a few shirts each season um, and they release a new kit we're very lucky we end up with this global audience um, because of the partnership with the Libertines and, and, and publicity for the club must be phenomenal for that as well oh, when would we ever get the sort of chance to have people all around the world liking and sharing our Facebook posts and social media posts um, it's, it's, it's a dream come true at times well we see Pete Doherty here today uh, he, he's not around today, no. There is a couple of bands members around at the moment and the next couple of weeks, so you may see um, people turning up and you'll see some pictures of the band in our, in our new shirts very soon as well. Brilliant. That's great. Very exciting. Obviously, a lot of stuff there, Matt, about the kits and, and things like that, which is fantastic. But I did love the fact that they're now closing the toilets at half-time. Yeah, and he, he said he got, he mentioned that he got a bit of stick because, of course, normally at half-time, people go for their 
pie, pint and piss, I suppose you can probably say. The three uh, P's. Three P's. But um, they, he said, I had to stop it because it was causing problems and he had a bit of abuse. But he, all he's doing is following the rule and rule and keeping it in. But again, there's got to be a bit of common sense in this. They've done a lot of work, Margate. And, and as he said, he's got a, a qualification to actually do this. And some of these clubs who haven't are just basically copying and pasting stuff. But nobody seems to be checking it up on it. But it was very, very well done at Margate. I think um, I enjoyed it on Saturday. But it just I just can't get my head around how anything could be done on this. How can Margate have 600 people in, but the likes of Tunbridge Angels can't on a very similar ground um, regarding this elite thing? So, and I know all the clubs in the National League we've got have done all their diligence and hard work to allow this, and the kick in the teeth that you aren't allowed fans in is absolutely shocking. Um, just a quick question on on the toilet thing. If you'd needed to go to the loo on Saturday, as a as you were covering the game and you can't miss it, what would you have done? Would you have had to um, improvise with a paper cup? Um, uh, I did go before the game, so ah. basically because I was concerned that when he said about that, that it wouldn't be doing it. So I had to go before the game. So um, otherwise, I would have concerns. And there is a story I can tell you about toilets and football, but I won't tell you on the pod, John. OK, I'll wait for that one uh, off the record. That'll be yeah. that'll be entertaining for me. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. I, I, I'm Honestly, I'm just at the end of my tether with it now. And, you know, moving away from football for a bit here at the B&B, it's, until last week, it was our, our, our house, our rules. Now I'm having to tell people when they arrive, they've got to put a mask on when they come in. They've got to wear a mask when they're in all public areas. Uh, and, and then when they come when they come into the dining room for breakfast, they've got to wear a mask. But the second they sit down, They've got to take it off. They can take it off. Now, I don't understand. Are you more likely to catch it in the hallway, six foot away from the table? I don't understand. I, I just don't. I just don't get it. And, it. and it feels to me like when's this all going to end? Because what's the end game, I suppose, is, is the first point. Is, is that a vaccine? Well, that could be any time. Are we going to have to live like this for for? months and months and months years perhaps or is it just going to come down one day and they're going to say actually no now you don't need to wear a mask if you're in a in a hospitality situation and it is a really 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 difficult i understand it's difficult but it just seems to be no logic to it and i know um it's promised questions pretty much now while we're speaking i understand the fa cup's been mentioned uh, during those but somewhere along the line someone's got to say let's be sensible about this and and face up to the fact that We've probably got to live with this virus for a little bit and we can't afford to grind our businesses. And by that, I mean hospitality like like my business, but also shops and funny enough, our football clubs that have to give here. And it's either going to be so much that people in this country hold dear or this mask wearing thing, as, as far as I'm concerned. I think we're in this for the long run, you know, to be honest, um, at least I think at least a year. I'm not an expert, but I think that's the new norm of, of the mask. How how have people reacted where you are when you say this to them? Do they sort of have you had anybody sort of bit, um, ask about it? One who was a bit disgruntled, um, but he was a bit of a pain anyway. But most people understand. And, and you know, but it's amazing because if you read on, on Twitter, all you see is people who are either anti-maskers will never wear them. Or you see people who are, well, we should all be wearing these. Rah, 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 rah. And almost everyone I speak to is, is of the same mindset of me of, you know, it's an inconvenience. We have to wear it in these places, but I'd rather not wear it. Um, 
you know, I, I will abide by the rules. I, I wish I didn't have to. It's, it's made a lot more work for us here as well because uh, everything has to be table service now. I mean, that's that's another one of the government's brilliant inventions. And I'm going to get off this in a minute because I'm on a bit of my high horse. But cafes uh, have to be table service only if they've got an alcohol license. If they haven't, you can be served at the counter. So the virus now knows whether you've got an alcohol license or not, as well as what football team you support. It, it, what a clever, clever virus uh, we're dealing with. Anyway, um, the National League starts on Saturday. Uh, we understand there's going to be no supporters in there, but we also do understand that the government will be providing funding for National League and National League South clubs uh, to help them through these difficulties. Uh, but of our teams, only Dover Athletics start their campaign on Saturday. They are home to Notts County. Uh, normally, we would make a prediction of, of how the table will look, but it seems to me like anything could happen. So, Matt, what are your realistic hopes for Dover Athletic this season? Fourth and bottom. Relegation? Uh, oh, third, of course. Yes, Macclesfield going belly up um, gave funny problems. Oh, you know, Dover, there's been much talked about their financial problems um, they've had. They've got a squad of 17 and the new players they've brought in have not played any National League football. One's played a higher level. A couple of players have played in levels below. And knowing this division, it's going to be very, very tough when you think, you know, the likes of Bromley have kept the majority of their squad and added to it with um, a little bit more. I'm surprised you know, it might happen that Dover haven't absolutely caned the, the loan system. And you look at, I don't know, different league, but Gillingham have got six loanees in and I don't know how much money they're paying for that, but probably not a lot. I'm surprised Dover haven't decided to use that system and bring in some, you know, um, academy players that have got a bit of talent so yeah looking at the squad on paper um you know you've lost Effiong, you've lost Loco, and you've lost Modest so that's probably three quarters of your goals gone and Loco was essential defender so that probably tows the rest of it is so my concern is they're not going to score any goals defensively maybe okay but I think they'll be bullied in different positions so I'm a little bit concerned and the prediction league I do with certain people I have put David to be relegated and I hopefully not I'm going to eat my words because it will be after all this hard work to get in there. I don't, I don't want to see that waste away. But, you know, Andy Hessenthaler was bullish in his last um, interview with uh, the local, the club TV, saying we'd be OK. But for, for, from from knowing this league and what the players they've got, hopefully they're going to prove me wrong, but it could be a long, hard season. Do you think there's still scope to, to bring players in? Um, maybe they're waiting on the announcement about the funding. Um, I think there's got to be. Um and some part of me always thinks on this, it's David Jim Parmenter, you know, he's put a lot of money into this. He won't want to see this go wrong. And maybe he'll find some money or find something from extra to, to boost the squad. But it, it looks, you know, I think the bookies have got them to be de- struggling. And I've, I haven't seen anybody else's predictions, but I would have thought majority would have Dover in the relegation zone. So, and they've got a tough start to the season. Notts County, we're going to be a tough. Bromley away, I think it'll be tough. Then they've got Stockport. So tough. that is a tough start. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking zero from nine early doors, which, but yeah, maybe I'm, you know, you, you say I'm always a bit pessimistic about these things, but if football was played on paper, I would say Dover are going down. Uh, Bromley should have been at Macclesfield on Saturday, but instead their first game of the season comes on Tuesday night. Matt's already mentioned it. Dover uh, travelled to Hayes Lane on Tuesday, and Bromley, I think they left it late before they started bringing players in, but they've actually done quite well in the transfer market and they made that brilliant start to last season they would like to hit the ground running and is there any reason why they can't challenge for the playoffs again Matt 
I, I think Bromley can be can be up there. I think um, you know look, it sort of went wrong, didn't it? From about January onwards, they stopped. They beat Dover on New Year's Day, and then they didn't. They won till lockdown start from that. So Hackett Fairchild, they brought him back. Um, hell of a signing because he he was ripping it out this division. So I think they've got a basis of a very good squad. So I can't see. I think Neil Smith maybe used the experience of last season, how they started so well, and it went a little bit wrong to sort of look at it. You, you think that the Knights of Notts County Stockport will be the sides at the top end of the table, but there's probably half a dozen sides, which I include Bromley in there, will be looking to get into the playoffs as well. Of course, they've got James Alabi as well and, and Michael Cheek. There's mm. goals in that team, isn't there? Yeah, Cheek, Cheek will always score. Alabi, and we had him at Dover. Didn't really work out for him, but... He scored goals. He was at Chester. I don't know if that was the National League. Yeah, so he has scored goals in the in the National League before. It just has gone wrong for him in the last couple of years. So I think um, he's got a bit to prove as well. Well, they've got Ben Williamson. So Hackett Fairchild, Hackett Fairchild. They've, so and Luke Coulson as well to, to yeah, set them all so, up. So. so yeah, yeah. You, you know, looking at that team, talking about playing football on paper, that's a lot stronger than the Dover squad. And I expect them to be easily top ten Bromley and even a little bit higher. Are you going Tuesday? Well, we don't know what's happening with the rights for the BBC at the moment. So I know people are streaming games. I'm not involved with the streaming at Dover. Um, so we don't know. If there is rights for the Bromley, I would like to think I'll be there. If there are rights for the BBC, I'll be there. But still waiting to clarify that. So we don't really know how many games I'll be able to get to for, from a Dover point of view because because of the rights issue. So, And, of course, nobody allowed in. So, um we we'll have to wait on that, but hopefully that may be announced in the next few days. What's happening with the the radio rights with a lot of clubs now streaming their games? Well, fingers crossed for our National League South clubs. Uh, it's the FA Cup first up. Some are empty stadia, some away from home in front of only home fans. One in the latter category is Welling United, who make the trip down the A2, M2, and A249 uh, to Home Park, where they will face Sheppey United. A big cup tie to start the season. It's a good time to catch up with Wings boss Bradley Quinton. I started by asking him how pre-season's gone. Well, we had a, uh, an early start back. Um, and then a stop, and then a, a rest, and then uh, another start back because of COVID, etc. And obviously, following all the protocol with what we've done, is it's been amazing at the club having everyone fill out all the emails and questionnaires of you know pre-COVID, etc. Or anyone in the family or anyone near them that's had it, or they know of who's had it, and we won't let anyone in. No one gets notification of where we train or where we play until they've completed all of that. So regards of that, we've done everything that we can in, in the right manner, uh, as professional as possible. Um, pre-season's been enjoyable, um, a different, complete different way of being a, a manager to try and, you know, nurture young talent or, or players who've played at the, the non-league game for quite some time to get them to understand that no one's got a crystal ball at the minute. No one knows whether they're going to get paid or whether they're going to be playing in front of fans. So that's the hardest thing that's been. Um, but I think as anyone who knows me well is, is being honest and, and totally open and transparent is, is the best way to be with players. Um, so we've, we've, we've done very well and a lot of players have been approaching me personally to come and play for, for this club because, you know, we're, we're trying to improve people and move them on in the game. So uh, it's been good. We've been, we've been enjoyable and uh, the boys have worked hard. You've pretty much started from, from scratch with your squad. How hard has it been? You've mentioned there about emails and, and bits of it. But how hard has the logistics been of bringing Charles in to come and train with you and have a look at them? Um, to be honest, we've we've... We've been turning people away because we, you know, we have to have people at certain amounts first of all, 
um, because of all the rules and regulations of COVID, etc., and having people in certain certain areas of what you're coaching and working out the diameter of your pitch that you have to do and follow the FA guidelines and having so many people within them perimeters, which we do, um, and um, that's that's been a new. Uh, complete new to the norm and trying to tell people you can't fit everyone in at times and uh, explain that to them is is the honest thing that you have to do so we've been inundated and, and trying to get the right people at the right time to the fit uh, of what my standard of football and my level that we're going to play is it's been the hardest thing to try and tell people the honest truth of you know at the minute we can't offer you that it's whether you want to play football at this level and um People have been honest with me, and that's been the hardest thing. But you know, the players are now buying into it and understanding that everything is it just keeps changing day in day out, and no one knows the real when we're going to be back to the norm. Are you happy with the squad that you've put together? Yeah, we're always you know negotiating what we can do and bring people over the line with some loans. Um, we, we you know going down to the wire, and we done very well last year with Romani, Chefs and Noble as now playing in the first team with Huddersfield and Championship level and getting man and match in his debut and um, negotiating what we can do with, with some other clubs as well. So we're getting inundated with, with some good loans and um, it's, it's down to the quality of what we've done in a short time when we took over at Welling. So, yeah, we, we'll have a few loans that we can get over the line and some of the boys that we're, you know, we're, we're keeping our cars close to our chest at the minute have, have done very well in pre-season and people will start looking at our plans. So we'll, we'll do well and... We'll see how things go. And obviously there's been some, some changes behind the scenes as well with, with Mark Goldberg sort of getting a, f- a few people in to help him, I suppose, more than anything. Yeah, Mark's got a lot on his hand at the minute um, with, with work and, and obviously with the ground and, and negotiating what we can do to, for ground improvements and planning permission are looking very good for the club. Um, so Mark's brought in you know, three good guys around uh, the club have done very well for us and uh, we've also got some great ideas for the club moving forward so um, yeah we've been in touch with Mark um, briefly on a few occasions and um, discussing football because he loves football still and um, yeah but the three guys who have come in have, have got you know good ambitions of where they want to make the club stronger um, and move them in the right way and they've gave us some great support and over the next couple of weeks and months, I think we'll all start to see the benefits of that. You finally get going on Saturday at Sheppey United, one of the standout ties for the county, uh, certainly in this round. Is that a banana skin, especially because it's, what, their 10th competitive game and you're first? Yeah, you can you can say that. Everyone can say that. Um, ultimately, it's the FA Cup. Everything's a banana skin. Wherever you play, it's how you, you know accommodate team and how you accommodate yourself on the day whether you travel at home or you travel away to a long journey and ultimately it's the, the best team on the day and now there's no replays etc you need you need to change your focus on getting the job done um within the minute and within the time frame whether it's penalties or you know getting the great goal the odd goal with you with the better team on the day but if you keep a clean sheet and then you win in the 93rd 94th minute you know you're in the hat um Ultimately, it's, it's focusing on our first game of the season, um, getting over the line, being positive what we've done. And, and in pre-season, we've, we've done very well um, behind closed doors. So I'm pleased with what's going on and we're focused on what we need to do rather than them. Um, we to be confident going into the tie, so we're looking forward to it. Is it when you're playing a team three leagues below you, albeit one that started really, really well, it must be, it, it must be a different challenge to what you're going to face on Tuesday night, for example? 
yeah, I think you can say that of, of right from the norm being completely different starting. You know, uh, your first game is what you just mentioned, and for them it isn't. They've had a few games with fans through the door, and they've always gone out of fans at their level because they're not classed so-called as the elite. I don't understand where this comes from. Um, it's it's happened, um, and we, some teams have been punished for it, I feel, um, personally. But like you say, it's... Whether they're low, whether they're higher than them, you, you, you need to be focused. And um, that's something that we, we're looking forward to doing now because the following week, the league starts for us. Um, so we need to approach this FA Cup, yes, in the right manner. Um, but we need to you know, focus on the long haul. Um, it's about keeping everyone healthy and fit. Um, and then day by day, you know, more news will probably come. And if we get fans through the door, I'm, I'm sure the love of the football and the game will, will completely change. Um so that's that's the most perspective thing that we can put into life that everyone's healthy. Um, FA Cup's the greatest, you know, cup for me as a player, as a coach and manager now. Um, and we need to get the love of the game. And national league is, is everything to to the lower league and, and everything to the fans. So um, that's something that everyone needs to focus on getting back to reality. And um, the national league needs that. They need, really need the support from the government, and the FA need to look into it as well. Yeah, I mean, you've sort of touched on it a little bit there, but obviously as things stand, the ruling is now that on Saturday uh, the game is going to be played with supporters, but no Welling United fans are, are allowed to go. I mean, it, it's going to be a nightmare to police anyway, but but what a, it seems to me like a really unfair ruling on your supporters more than anything. Absolutely. Um, the diehard fans of, of all non-league, whether it's our tie or any other tie, um, players don't get it we don't get it fans don't get it and that's what this non-league is about you know all fans who really have died have played in the game itself for so many years at, at great levels and watching fans change at half time and walk around the other end and go and support your team is something that you know low low players at national league have played at a good level for so many years notice um and having fans that taken away from a fan whether you win or lose and draw the atmosphere is it's going to be a complete break from the norm. Um, so people need to look at that aspects of sport, aspects of life. We, we train hard, we work hard to keep ourselves fit and healthy. Um, fans work hard all year round, all their life, and they put some money into to the real true sport of football, which is National League. Um, it's not Premier League football. It's not season tickets that some fans can't afford. These fans, they, they put everything into it. They travel week in, week out, long away journeys, midweek games. Um, it's their everything. And um, to have that taken away from them is, is hard to take. And um, we'll, do, we'll be doing everything we can to get our fans and uh, hopefully get them through to the next die. And then maybe the, you know, the rules change and we can see some smiling faces in the next tie. Um, that, that, that's our job. And then you go from Saturday into a, another Kent derby at Maidstone to start the league season. And I suppose first game of the season against a, a, a sort of local rival, new squads everywhere. It's a bit of an unknown quantity, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a weird season, I think, for everyone. If you're going to be totally honest, no one knows how any player is going to justify and uh, set themselves to a standard of playing games, whether it's treating everything like an in-house game that we have to do. Um, but ultimately, it's three points that you need to play for. And um, a lot of players have got to adjust. They're going to find their feet. They're going to need to take time and find their feet, if you want my honest opinion. Um, 
But as long as you've got, you know, good honesty and players playing for you, I'm sure you're going to do well in the league. So as much as people have got a lot of money or some people ain't got a lot of money to spend or whether people are going to get paid or not, no one knows. But you need to have the right characters around you. And um, I think uh, certainly that's something that we've always done wherever we've been again. You know, teams and, and clubs promoted them clubs in, into, you know, playoffs when it was at Enfield. So um, it's something that we're looking forward to do and uh, we'll, see how, we'll see where it takes us. And just finally, quirk of the fixture list, obviously there's an odd number of teams in your league. You're not home until the 24th of October and most years we'd be looking out thinking, oh, that's a disaster. But this year gives you three weeks to maybe have a change of rules and have fans in. Yeah, you know, being in a way in the FA Cup as well, it extends it like you mentioned and uh, then having a break... Um, it's something that you can have to try and get your head around. And, um, as much as we've all missed football, then to uh, not have a home game for that long and then, then have a break, and then no one knows whether there's going to be another lockdown, and it's 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 completely um, unheard of. Um, but this is what we love. We love the game. We love the football. We, we play to you know to be fit and healthy, and this is certainly that we keep you know telling all these players to do and, and focus on getting back and enjoying football and. Uh, Hopefully we can do that with fans through the door. Um, but yeah, we you know we take one game at a time and and work hard each week of training when we can um, and see where and see where we go. There's something about Bradley Quinton, Matt, that, that I really like. Actually, he he really does talk a good game. We had a bit of a chat off the record as well, and and I think Welling are, are, after a difficult season last year, following their playoff final defeat the previous season, I think now they've got a bit of stability, and in in Bradley Quinton they've got a safe pair of hands there. Yeah, I think he's pretty pretty confident from what he said there that they're going to have a good season. I didn't sort of went under the radar a little bit. Not much, been quite quiet and well in, but he's brought the players in. He's got Cook back, players in. I think experience. He's got Jeffrey Mon. He's got somebody there who used to play league, isn't it? Can't think of his name though. But been around the houses, but a good player. I think. Yeah, I think it, he did a good job when he came in, and I think he's got a good chance of. Again, trying to get well in the playoffs. I think he he knows how this division works, which can work in their favour. It's not going to be one of the sides that everybody's going to tip to do well, but maybe they can go under the radar. So I'll be looking to see how they get on. It's a tough gut opening game um, at Sheppey, but if they get through that, I think that's a you know a very good benchmark of where their season will go from there. Yeah, and obviously work going on behind the scenes as well, which we talked about last week and talking about developing the stadium. And, and when United, they are a club, aren't they, that you always kind of associate that last 30, 40 years, being in that top flight of, of non-league football, that maybe never pushing to get up into the league itself, but they're a good, solid National League side. And to get back there is, has got to be the aim. Yeah. You know, they had a good, you know, when a Jamie Day, they had a good couple of years in it and then it went wrong a little bit. They changed the manager and Jamie Day after Jamie Day left. So it, it went a little bit wrong. But I think... Um, yeah, I think Welling could be, it's a tough division, the Conference South, I think, this season. But Welling will be one of the sides. You look at the results, oh, yeah, good result for Welling there, good result for Welling there. I think they might surprise a few people. I quite like Quinton. I like talk of his jib. He's quietly confident that he can do well. And, you know, and he got Braintree up promotion That's in his first season there. And nobody expected them to do anything. So I think he, he knows how the division works. And I think he thinks he could be do a job. So I think Welling could be top seven, definitely. Absolutely. Well, we've spoken about Welling then, so let's hear from their opponents on Saturday. Uh, on Monday night, I went out to see Sheppard United as they took on K-Sports uh, in the Southern Counties East League Premier Division. They lost their 100% record for the season uh, with a 1-1 draw at Cobdown. And after the game, I spoke to their head coach, Marcel Nimani. 
at the moment it's quite hard to digest because I felt that we had enough opportunities and chances to win that game. Probably should have won that game. Should we have been a little bit more lethal going forward? Uh, but nonetheless, it's an away game. It's a point. And, you know, you have to be respectful of the opposition. They're putting great effort. And if they maintain this effort against other oppositions, then, you know, they stand a very good chance of doing exactly the same thing to the you know top-end team. So, uh, all in all... We'll take that. I guess you're disappointed, but when you're trailing with, what, eight minutes to go, a point's always a good result. Yeah. I mean, last and last 20 minutes about resilience and character. You know, if you have to test your boys in resilience and character, you have to give it to them. They put all effort, all motivation into it. Tactically, I thought they maintained the shape correctly. You know, that we stuck to our style of play. We didn't lose focus. And, uh, yeah, credit, we got the goal at the end. I think that's one of those things, isn't it? Because uh, it's the first time I've seen you this season. and uh, But it was noticeable. There wasn't really a, a shift in let's go long, let's go direct. You kept playing the way that you like to play. Correct, yeah. We have a style of play. And you're relevant at the timing. You know, our tactics will always remain to keep possession. We'll focus on our style of play. That's our strength. We'll play to our strength and we'll believe in our strengths. And, uh, obviously, you know, it's disappointing to, to lose your 100% start. But what a start it's been. <laughs> Give me this opportunity in pre-season, would have taken any time. So, of course, we're, we're buzzing in there. You know, we still maintain unbeaten. We've had this our ninth game now, fourth game in eight days. Eight days ago, again, giving us this scenario, would have taken it. So, yeah, all in all, we're very happy. And obviously, now you move on. Saturday is, is a massive day for, for the team and for the club. Absolutely. What a great image for the club. What a great opportunity for the club to show, you know, the island, bring the FA Cup to the island. The fans will love it. It's all for the fans on Saturday. What a great reward for them as well. They're incredible to us. There are 12 men on a pitch and they deserve that. So, yeah, we're very much so looking forward to it. And obviously, Welling United is, is, is a big draw, isn't it? We couldn't have hoped for a better draw. We're very much so excited to welcome those boys in. So we'll see how, what, what we can do. What, what would it mean to, to you and, and to the club to, to cause an upset on Saturday? It's, it's what dreams are made of, isn't it? And that's what the FA Cup is. So, uh Let's wake up and we'll see what we can do. Um, your first team coach here, what, what does that sort of entail? You know, I mean, because a lot of clubs will just have a manager and an assistant manager and that's that. But you've obviously do, do quite a bit more than just to be an assistant. Yeah, um, so obviously I come from a coaching background. So my philosophy in football, my input in football is always about coaching. So I prefer the title head coach. I assist earning whatever he asks me to do. But my philosophy, you know, my, my motivation, my focus is always in coaching. So, yeah, myself, we've just brought in Josh and a couple of other coaches. We focus on the coaching. Ernest sets the tactics and we set accordingly. So, yeah. So on a, on a Tuesday and Thursday night, it's you standing there organising all the training and, and, and getting the players, getting the best out of the players and then Ernie just, just picks them? Or? Yeah, so then Ernie will ring me on, obviously we have our chat on Sunday, Monday, whenever the opportunity comes. He'll tell me about the oppositions on Saturday. He wants a certain way to play. Then myself and the rest of the coaches, we set a coaching session based on the tactics that Ernie sets. And obviously Welling United, I suppose you've been, it must have had someone they were playing tonight, weren't they? Was someone up there watching them? <laughs> We, we, we've, yes, we certainly have our, <laughs> our hidden secrets. I suppose the difficult thing is when you're playing a... Well, not even, I'll scratch that, I can edit that out, that's fine. Um, do you think you might have a little advantage over them? You've played nine games competitively, they've not played any at all. Do you, do you think that might play in your hands just a little bit? <laughs> it's difficult to say you have an advantage against a professional team. It's very difficult to say. Um, we're excited. We're as ready as we can be. The boys are buzzing. Fitness is great. Style of play is good. Tactically, we're set. If they're better than us to beat us on the day, then fair play to them. This is as good as we got. And obviously, the supporters, you mentioned them earlier, but I've been over to Home Park a few times and they certainly make some noise. And it must be so great for everyone at Sheppey that you've got those behind you. 
it's incredible. It's my um, eighth year of co- coaching. I stopped playing at the age of 28. So it's eight years into coaching now. It's in, I've been in a few clubs and I can honestly say that all the clubs I've worked in, the support that you get at this club is incredible. The fans are literally number 12 in the pitch. How did you come to, to end up at Sheppey? <laughs> I finished my journey at Tunbridge Wells. Great club. Three great seasons there working with Jason. When Jason moved on, I moved on. Jono, good friend of mine, we're both in the same profession. He brought me in last year. Obviously, John has moved on. So now I've stayed put with Ernie. And you're enjoying it? Incredible. Ernie's an incredible guy to work with. Matt alongside is brilliant. The guys here, the club, welcoming. Great place to coach. It's a fantastic place to coach. I think, Matt, this FA Cup tie on Saturday is an absolute banana skin for Welling United. They've got nothing to gain from this game because they're away to a team three leagues below them who've played nine games this season. And that, to me, makes it look like it's got all the elements there for an upset. But for me, Sheppey are going to have to play better than I saw on Monday night. Yeah, I was surprised. You know, after the season they'd had at K-Sports, you thought they'd go and get a result from that. I, you know, I think the 10 game and the one game thing is is a major factor in this game. Sheppey will know how their players work. Well, I know they've had pre-season friendlies, but, you know, Sheppey will be on their toes in the, from the very first minute, I would have thought, putting the tackles in, letting them know they're there. So I think it's a good benchmark for both sides to see where they are. If Welling should, on paper, talk about that paper again in this fleet pod, should easily beat them. But Sheppey, confident 300 vociferous fans behind them, who will be smelling an upset, and and I think it um it will be a, a rude awakening for Welling, but um, yeah, I don't want to tip it, but I, I fancy Welling to do there and do a job, but they'll be pushed to the limits by Sheppey. Yeah, I, I mean, I, as I say, I saw Sheppey. I, I've, I've been over to Home Park a few times. I've seen them quite a few times before, actually, and obviously this is the new Sheppey, the uh, exciting team, and you could tell on Monday night they're they're a good side. They've got some really really good players. But it just didn't seem to click for them, which was which was probably a bit of a concern. They fell behind uh, to K Sports, and K Sports defended brilliantly. We'll talk more about K Sports shortly. But it just looked like well, it uh, it just looked like Sheppey United were struggling to to find a way through this this big defence, and that is something that they're going to have to get very very used to in the Southern Counties East League. And I suppose that's another thing that plays into their hands when they play this game on on Saturday because Welling aren't going to come down and stick 10 men behind the ball, are they? There's going to be pressure on them. Welling are expected to win that game. And I think that makes it a more open game. And I think in some ways that plays into Sheppey's hands. Yeah, I think a little bit. Um, again, Sheppey will be, all, you know, know that I quite liked how they work it. You know, the manager says, right, I want to do this. You go and tell them how it's done. I think if I was a manager, I'd be doing that. Right, we're playing this. And the coaches who are a bit more technical will we'll sort it out for you. So again, look, everybody in the scaffold, they'll be so so organised, and they'll know, they'll know how Welling will play. I presume. I don't know how easy it is to go and see and scout opposition these days, but I think, um, yeah, it'll be it will be an interesting tie. And I'm surprised that's that sort of a game that I know it's very easy to pick the yikes of York City on the BBC website, but that's the kind of game that Sheppey against. If they looked at it, you think, hmm. That could have been a red button game, I think, really. But I just think know. that I must admit, I, I thought that I, when I saw the game they'd picked, I was like, oh, I feel I've I felt Sheppey had been really hard done by there because I thought that that was pretty ripe for it. Yeah, yeah, it's easy just to uh, to pick York City because they're a name, isn't it? And they might get more people watching. The well, well they'll definitely get more viewers because no York fans are going to yeah, that exactly, game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. So on that. Yeah. So yes. 
yeah, well, hopefully if one of our side, you know, if, if a scaffold gets to the third qualifying round, you'd hope that the powers that be will look at that and thinking, oh, they're level quite below. They might be worth a, a go on the uh, on the red button. Yeah, and that chat with Marcel was interesting, as you say, about about the structure and how it all works behind the scenes. And, and basically, he he looks at it and, and tries to get the best out of those players so that they're in, in prime condition for, for the match. And I think, like you say, that is a good way to operate. And I suppose at that level, it's it's a little bit of a luxury, isn't it, to, to have that that many or, or that sort of setup. But fair play to Sheppey. And so far, it's working for them. Uh, uh, yeah, I think they expect to be in the top two or three or even top of the table. So they will be um, structures in place, the supports in place. They're going to go for it. But if you're going to get promoted, you probably um, need to win at K-Sports. No disrespect to K-Sports. Yes, we'll discuss that shortly. But the rest of the FA Cup fixtures involved in this club this weekend. Uh, Chatham Town travel to Folkestone. Corinthian, as we've all discussed, are at home to Hampton, Richmond, Borough. Cray Wanderers go to Moneyfields. Cray Valley PM go to Harrow Borough. Maidstone United are away to Hendon. Ebbsfleet United host Hastings United. Tunbridge Angels go to Farnborough. And as already mentioned, Dartford host Slough, who, of course, they beat in the playoffs a couple of months back. Uh, two of our sides definitely through. How many, how many joined them? I'm going to go for four. Yeah, five. I think I think we're gonna have a few sides through. I think um, yeah, the FA Cup's gonna boost some. You know, with how it's working this season, a few of the clubs are gonna cause some upsets with the. Particularly, I'm interested to see. I have to look at the stats. How many of the high, you know, teams in the Conference South and Conference North get knocked out because they haven't actually played games against sides who've been playing for a few weeks? It'd be interesting. Exactly, and no extra time straight to penalties does open it up no, you know because sometimes you could get away with one and, and get a replay but if you're sat there in the 89th minute and it's 1-1 do you want to risk penalties or do you just go or you, have you got to try and go for it that's the, that's going to be a conundrum up and down the country I'm sure this weekend yeah it'd be interesting to see what happens yeah I think um, yeah I think a lot of you might see a lot of Conference North Conference South sides uh, losing out on Tuesday, then the league starts for our National League South sides. We've already heard from Bradley Quinton and Derby at the Gallagher when Welling United travel to Maidstone United. While it's Kent versus Essex all the way for the rest, the Battle of the Bridge, as the cricket club would have you uh, call it. Tunbridge Angels go to Billericay, Ebbsfleet are at Braintree, and Dartford are at home to Chelmsford City. Without being going into too much uh, detail, how do you see those five faring this season, Matt? Um, Ebbsfleet, I think, will be top. We play playoffs. I think Maidstone will probably be playoffs, depending what starts are on if they give Hacking Hayret in time. Um, the Angels, um, I think, easily mid table. Um, so uh, yeah, I think we won't Dartford again. Dartford, you probably think will, will be the favourites to start the season. The signings that Steve King's made, you have to give them a little thing there. So. All I think all of them, maybe apart from the Sunbridge Angels, will be around the top seven mark. I think a Kent side will win it, and I would say that Dartford will win the division with Ebbsfleet closely behind. Yeah, I think I think it's hard to disagree with that. I would I would say those two definitely in the top three, and I think Welling uh, in and around the playoffs. Maidstone I can see being the fourth of those five. I, I just got a feeling, even though they've they've strengthened quite well. Uh, Tunbridge Angels, I think another season of con- consolidation for them. I don't think they'll be near the top, but I don't think there'll be an ele- any relegation strife. But we shall see how that goes on. Right, it feels like we're going all over the place here this week, so let's now go back to that game I went to on Monday night at K Sports. 
having already beaten Glebe and Tunbridge Wells this season, it's pretty clear uh, that K-Sports are no mugs. And after the game, I spoke to their manager, Paul Atkins, about the club and their aims for the season. Uh, beginning of the match, I think if, you, if I'm honest, and I'm, honest, I'm, the, I'm probably the most honest person you're ever going to meet, um, I'd have taken the draw. You know, um, We've got multiple injuries. Um, we've, we, you know, we had a good result against Tunbridge Wells. Cheppy are probably the best side we've played. Um, They'll be up there. They'll be the top two, top three side um, with the budget they've got, um, the players they can they can call upon. Um, yeah, I, I think if honestly, yeah, I'd, I'd take a point. I'm disappointed. They've thrown a lot at you the last uh, 10, 15 minutes. You yeah. defended really, really well, yeah. but ultimately it yeah. just showed, didn't it? Yeah, it did show. The legs showed. Um, the depth that we've got. You know, I've 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 called upon what four under 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 23s. Uh, um, who've come in and been outstanding. Luke, I'd like to mention him, Luke, Luke, Luke Martin, has been absolutely outstanding. He's a young kid, he's, he's a really good guy. Um, but yeah, I kind of like, we, we, we haven't got depth like they have. You know, they're pulling players off the, off the bench. So it's been, that was difficult. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, they're a good side. Good side. Looking at the season as a whole, uh, looking at your results, I'd say inconsistent is probably yeah. a word to describe yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and once again, I think it goes down to not having a full squad. I mean, I've got. Um, my skipper, who's outstanding, you know, he's you know we beat Glebe four 0 and uh, we wanted to push on then, and then obviously I've got no Austin tonight, no no Bray tonight, you know, there's um, Travis has been hit missing missing games, so I've had to pull out. To be fair, one of my very good friends who played up top tonight, I've pulled, called a favour, you know, can you come and play for me? And, and I've had to do that, you know, we've got no budget, we, we've got no money here, um, not one of them gets paid, not one of them, so. Um, they're all here because they want to be around a club, which is a big thing. It's one of those things, isn't it? This league, this season, there's so many clubs chucking so much money at it, yeah. but there's also clubs that aren't putting any. And it must be, for clubs like K-Sports, it must be such a difficult decision. Where do you go at the yeah, moment? Exactly. Surely the, the number one aim is, is stay up so, and, and, and then just go from there. Yeah, massively. I think if we... We we can see ourselves being a top ten side. You know, if, if we're going to be honest with you, if you said top, top, top five, I'd, I'd, you'd probably... With my squad back to where I need to be, we can put... We, we could push... Any team, as we tonight we did, Glebe, Glebe we did, Tumbridge Wells we beat. You know we can push teams, and we really can push teams. Um, Tumbridge Wells didn't know what hit them. You know we played played them off the park. You know Stolzy come up to me and said, "Wow, you know, kind of look. That's a, you know, where does that come from? We're capable of doing that. We will work really hard. My teams, my team. Any any time I've ever managed, they will work really hard. And then when we retain the ball, we retain the ball better. So I'd like to say, you know, we'd we'd be in the top half. Um, um, once I get my players back and we can have a bit of more stability and yeah so but it's hard isn't it generally I mean obviously you're one of the small clubs you're a figurehead for an amazing project mm. around yeah, here I suppose yeah. in a lot of ways but you know, it's hard to compete at this level and obviously oh, what yeah. third season up for the club is it now yeah and third season working hard I suppose really hard I had him last year I got, I got um, asked to come in you know I was chairman of the club um, for three years and played at a club and you know managed the club and I got asked to come back and um I don't regret it. I love the club, you know. The, but the, the reality is, is when you've got the likes of Chams, the Sheppies, and and the Tumbridge Wellses, and they're spending Beckenhams, and they've got all month, they've got serious dough at this level. You know, you've got players coming down from bigger leagues to play in this. You know, look at Holland and Blair. Look at look at Tumbridge Wells. There's, we we know where we are. We know what we got to do. Um, and I'll be capable of doing it. Of course, we are. This with a squad, definitely. You know, I think if you look at the results, uh, Irith ninety fourth minute. Uh, Crowe 94th minute, you know. So that, that we're 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 minimal of being a very very good side.
So you've got that, I suppose you've you just got to keep, keep plugging away, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's with the lads in there, they give me everything they got. You can't ask no more than that. Are we as technically as good as Sheppy? Of course not. You know, um, they, we train once a week. We have an hour because the club rents this out. We're stricken. We don't get no money from the, this, this. We are funded by the board. I was part of that board and I used to fund it, so I understand how hard it is to give away free money. You know, you go to, we beat Glebe 4 0 on the opening day, one of them's on £300 a game. So you've got to put this into perspective of how well we're doing and how well we're going to do. And I, I believe, you know, we've got another big game with the Vars on the 10th. Um, and they come thick and fast, don't they? They do come thick and fast. So yeah, we'll, we'll hold our own, I think. Yeah, and obviously, you're at home here Saturday as well yeah. against uh, yeah. Croydon. I guess you'll be looking at that one thinking. That's a, that's a winner. In my eyes, you know, yeah. if I'm going to be honest, as I said at the beginning of it, that's a winner. You know, if we we, we, we got to beat those teams, you know. Did the, you set out your stall and look and think, you know, these are the games where we'll do well to get a point, exactly. these are the games we'll do, we, exactly. we, we'd target to win? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, we had, it was a funny conversation. The, the vice chairman rang me up and he said, um, your take, well, I think it was you'll take uh, a draw or a loss at uh, Glebe, right? And we beat Glebe. And then we played Dill here and they, Dill was a good side. And I said to him, Dill's going to be a harder game for us. And uh, Dill come here and beat us 2-0. And they were, the, they were probably the second best team that we've played so far. So uh, Sheppard obviously has, uh, been, stands out from the rest, obviously by their record. So, yeah, we set up, we set up to be hard to be beat. I've had, all, I've had every single manager come to us and go, God, you're resilient, you're hard to be beaten, you're horrible, and that's the squad I want to be horrible. You know, we, 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 we've got to because that's the thing that we can do well. I suppose having the, you know, the 3G pitch must help you as well because you know yeah. what you're getting here as we well. Do. Yeah, we play a lot. Last year, I think we played the most games out of everyone um, wait, like, because of the 3G pitch. We don't, nothing gets cancelled, so it's, 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 a, it's a nice surface. Um, the youngsters like playing on it. I don't think the older generation does because of the knees and whatnot, but yeah, we. We know how we have to set up now. Um, we have to be hard to be beat and, bro- and break it down. So the pitch does help sometimes, but I, I do. We, we actually like playing on grass. <laughs> so yeah. And uh, what have been the challenges for the club and, and for you with the with the current situation? The Cones you had a decent yeah. crowd in tonight, and yeah, but it's, it's all hard work, isn't it? Really hard work. You know, we like I say, we've got no funding. Um, you know, the, the board have made it clear that they'll fund the club to stay in the league, um, but no money will go to any players. No fuel, no nothing. So every, you know, even down to the balls and things like that. You know, we're all kind of chipping in, and and, and I, I don't mind that. You know, um, I'm fortunate enough to be able to afford to do help. So it's kind of like I, I, I help the club, and yeah, it's about digging deep a little bit this year. You know, um, is it going to be happening next year where the club's got no money? Who knows? If we prove a point this year, which I always do, um, then why should we pay? You know, it's a kind of a perspective of would you rather do well and hold your own everyone likes to nick a little bit of money here or there but the reality is is that club hasn't got it so yeah um, we know where you need to go as a club so. it's important as well to have people like yourself you know you're saying now you know I'm, I'm in a fortunate position it's good mm. that you're giving something back to, yeah. to football oh yeah definitely this club um, I've sponsored it for years and funded it for years you know so um, I've been wrapped around it since a, a kid um, and uh, it means a lot to me so the question was to the vice chairman to me was what do you want to do next year? And I said, well, do you know what? I can't move away from it because it's a difficult job for any manager to come in 
um, and no money and be funded. And there's not many managers who will take it. So I kind of said, look, I owe it to the lads, I owe it to the club, so I stay. So that was the reason I stayed. And just finally, you mentioned it, the Vars there. You've got that yes. coming up in a couple of weeks' yes. time. It must be exciting for, to, to oh. be on that path. Oh, it's amazing. I said, look, we'll get a nice little cup run together. Um, we'll give, like I say, any, game, any, any team a run for money. And who knows? You, know, you never know. It can be an upset again. Um, um, don't know a lot about them, to be fair. I think, I think it's Walton. Um, um, we'll give them, like, we'll get, yeah, the lads are more excited about getting on the coach on the way home, <laughs> you know, having a few beers. And, and, and we entice that because that, 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 that bonding is massive, you know, and we make sure that we go, all go out together, we have a curry, to, you know, we do a lot of that. We make sure we do it, we all drink together. So, yeah, they're excited about a cup run. Yeah, it's, it's good for them. All I can say about the K Sports uh, on Monday night is, boy, did they defend well. That they they took their chance. It was it was a penalty. I, I thought it was a clear penalty uh, at, at the time, and they and then they just made it hard for Sheppy to play. And I didn't really talk too much about the strengths of Sheppy United. I, I thought uh, the front two. You can tell they're both good players. They but sorry, the partnership didn't quite click for me on Monday. They've got pace wide. Um, They've got Billy Bennett, who, who plays sort of at the top of the diamond, and things didn't really come off for him on Monday night. I think it's fair to say, but the player who impressed me the most from a Sheppey point of view was uh, Richie Hamill, who was sort of the holding midfielder, left-footed midfielder, takes the set pieces, can beat a man, can pick a pass. And he was the kind of the heartbeat of that team. But what K-Sports did, and let's talk about them now, was they nullified the threat of Sheppey United. Uh, and you've got to say... As a team in in that sort of position, that's all you got to do, isn't it? Stop the big boys. Yeah, I think K Sports know that they're not going to be one of the sides that are going to be at the top of the tables, and maybe they can't out football the likes of Sheppey with the the budget and the players that they've got. But they, as you said, they dug in, were resilient, frustrated the opponents, and then went from there. Maybe he mentioned earlier he learnt from some of the results earlier in the season where they, you know, were a little bit undone, maybe a little bit naive, but. Again, doing your homework, knowing where it's all going to go, and that's a that's a good, good, um, a, a cracking result for them. Um, and and say, you know, only ten minutes away from getting three points as well. So, uh, got to use that, build on that uh, as the season goes. And again, talk about the Vars in there as well. Important competition for some of these sides. So, just building on confidence. And you know, we're still early doors of the season. You think about it, only three weeks into it. So, and you're playing games thick and fast. So, it's making sure you get your practice across in the training sessions when you can. It was one of those for him because, I mean, the first question, you would have taken a point at the start, but when you're seven minutes away from from winning a game, it's always disappointing when you draw. But he was he was thrilled with his team's performance, and and, and rightly so because they were depleted and you know they didn't they didn't have a lot going forward, but they they made the count. I mean, it was a penalty that they that, that they scored. That was their pretty much their only shot on target, but that they've got a point, and no one can take that point away from them, and 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 they. They're obviously going to be trying to spoil the day for, for the big teams and trying to pick up the wins when they can. And I thought it was interesting when he sort of looked and said, you know, AFC Croydon this Saturday, that's a game we're targeting to win. I've now got an image of, of a little whiteboard in his room with the fixtures on it and, and how many points he's expecting to get. And, and I guess that's the way when you're a team like them who doesn't want to get drawn into anything at the foot of the table, isn't going to win the league. That's that's all you can do, isn't it? Just, just set your stall out and get what you can. Uh, yeah, and frustrate the opposition and show to other sides you're not a walkover in this division. So, as I, you know, I looked at that and thought it would be definitely three points for Sheppey, but it wasn't because they knew their limitations. They knew how to frustrate them and it nearly worked. So, yeah, full, full away for it. Well done to them. Interesting as well. What was the facilities it? like at K-Sports as well? I know Absolute and Dover have trained there. What was it? 
Oh, it's, I mean, it's, it's a fantastic facility. I mean, obviously, you've got all everything around it. But as he said there, you know, we don't make any money out of the rest of this. We, we are literally just and, and the you know, the, it's all 3G pitches and everything. And, and when I got there, there were a lot of cars around. I think the, the pitches had all been being used in, in the early evening for, for youth training and things like that. It's 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 really a sort of buzzy place for, for where it is. And and the pitch, the, the little stadium that they've got themselves is, is absolutely fine. You know, it was nice. Uh, to walk in and and you know you can just stroll in and and they had the whole um, scan your barcode when you come in and everything and, and I thought it was really well organised. It's it's a nice little place to go and watch a game of football. So you know fair play to them and and at the end of the day I, I would say and and I please I hope no one takes offence but I'd say just by being in the scaffold Premier Division, K Sports are a punching above their weight and a long way it continue. Yeah, fair play to them. You know they've used the facilities and they've used that and again. Everybody's got a bottomless pit, so I appreciate everybody who puts the hard work in to see their um, hard work come to fruition. Yeah, the scaffold table is already fascinating. We've not even been going a month. We've got two teams, Chatham and Corinthian, with 15 points from five games, and three more, Sheppey United, Tunbridge Wells and Wellingtown, all on 13 from five. A brilliant start to the season. The top two both won on Tuesday night, Corinthian 4-2 over Beersted, Chatham 6-0 at Crowborough with Dan Bradshaw getting a hat-trick. There were goals galore at the weekend, too, including a 4-3 win for Beersted at Beckenham, but there was a nil-nil draw between Hollands and Blair and Earth and Belvedere. Four of them, they couldn't score between them. Uh, you can see two, all the... How much do we owe now, then? Oh, well, there's been two so far this season. Three so, pounds. yeah, um, you can see all the results uh, on the Scaffold website. Uh, very quickly, a couple of games this weekend. Uh, tonight should have been played Wednesday. Uh, Hollands and Blair were supposed to be at home to deal, but they've now said they can't play because of the restrictions on the bar, um, which means the bar has to shut at 10 o'clock. And I note that Wellingtown's hopes of getting a, a home stadium sorted in time to play their game against Beckenham Town have obviously failed as they are now, uh, as that game is now Tower Hamlets against Beckenham Town and no game for Wellingtown. Uh, so so Hollands and Blair lose out there for not playing to play the game? I don't know. Oh, the game was postponed early in the week, so we, we will see what happens. And I note they've released the next lot of fixtures uh, all the way through and Hollands and Blair do not have any midweek home games. So I don't know how that's going to pan out uh, over, the, over the time to come. And, and I, I did see someone suggest, why don't, if, if they're worried about this, obviously this seven o'clock, um, this 10 o'clock thing, why not move the kickoff to seven o'clock? It's not going to impact too many people, is it? If, if, if that's what's going to make the difference, why not move the game forward 45 minutes? Yeah, makes sense. I think a lot of games well, behind closed doors is kicking off at such silly times, aren't they? Uh, so I think yeah, maybe their way forward, that could be, yes. To be honest, that's one thing about the Premier League I've liked. You can see a game almost any time of the week. Anyway, uh, this weekend uh, on Saturday, it's Ballam against Deal Town, Beers against Irith Town, Beckenham Town against Fisher, Canterbury City at home to Glebe, Wellingtown go to Crowborough, it's K-Sports against AFC Croydon, as we've heard, Lordswood against Irith and Belvedere, and Tower Hamlets against Holland and Blair. And then on Tuesday night, AFC Croydon against Beckenham, Beerset against Sheppard United, a Hopper 7 kickoff there. Chatham Town against Tunbridge Wells, big game that one. Corinthian at home to Tower Hamlets, Deal Town against Lordswood, Irith and Belvedere against Ballam, Glebe against Wellingtown. And then on Wednesday, three games, Canterbury against K-Sports, Irith Town against Fisher, and Punjab United versus Holland and Blair. In Division 1, Kennington maintained their 100% record with a 4-0 win over Russell on Saturday. That's 14 goals uh, in three league games for them. While the other standout result in that division came on Tuesday night. And I know that Matt Gerrard doesn't necessarily keep up with all the scores. So I'm going to ask him to guess. How did it end, Matt, when Stansfeld hosted Croydon on Tuesday night? Uh, let's look at the league table here. Stansfeld, near the bottom, can see goals. Croydon, well, you, you'd have thought uh, Croydon for Stansfeld now. 
you're not far off. It was Stansfeld four, Croydon five. Cracker. Yeah, absolute snorter. Again, all the other results from that division are on the Scaffold website. This weekend, Lidtown are at home to Croydon. Uh, Meridian VP host Rochester United. It's Rustall against Holmesdale. SC Thamesmead against Lewisham Borough. Stansfield are at home to the leaders, Kennington. Sutton Athletic against Greenways. And then on Monday, it's SC Thamesmead against Kent Football United. That just leaves us to discuss the Isthmian League. After three games, Cray Wanderers are flying high in the Premier Division with a 100% record thanks to two away wins this week. Both 3-1, first at East Thurrock United and then at Folkestone Invicta on Tuesday night where former Invicta striker Joe Taylor bagged his 50th goal for Cray. A friend of the show, Matt, friend of you from from uh, a well-known chemists. But what a fantastic spell Joe Taylor is having at Cray Wanderers. How many goals he's got? He's got five this season already? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, when I looked at the app, that I saw they were running. You know, every time you know it's going to be. But other people like Freddie Parker are, are clipping in the goals. That's a you thought Cray are the early front runners for this division. Um, they score goals and they've got Taylor, who, you know, who can score thirty plus. So, folks that have started a little bit slowly, two home defeats. You know, they've played Worthing and they've played um, uh, played Worthing and played Cray. Well, the sides around and they've lost, which must be a little bit concerning for them, even though they did beat. Beaten Wingate and Finchley twice, so yeah, a little bit concerning. I'd have thought there for for Neil Cugley that, that the sides that they you know will be around them. They've they've lost to particularly both at home. Exactly, yeah. I mean, they did get off the mark as you say with that four-one win uh, over Wingate and Finchley on Saturday. So at all three games in the league so far at home for Folkestone. So that's uh, an interesting one. So obviously the Worthing game was switched. Margate still unbeaten after two home draws this week. One-one with Hornchurch on Tuesday, and then two-two against Carshorton on Saturday. Game you're at, Matt, and, and a decent comeback from Gate because I I saw they were two-nil down, and seeing as how Carshorton had spanked five past both Whitstable and Faversham in the FA Cup, I thought that's going to be a tough one for them. So but they did well to come back and get a point. Yeah, they did. I, I thought Carl Shorten had, you know, with a better side of the first half. Um, Margate missed a couple of chances. Carl Shorten were decent, knocked it around well. Nice little triangles in the final third. But Margate, um, Afua, I've seen him a couple of times now. I think he's there. But Margate, desperate need of a, a physical centre forward because Afua's doing it all on his own up the top there. Uh, a little bit of support. But I think they're a work in progress, Margate. Uh, you know, the supporters were fully behind the team, which was good to see. Um yeah, I think they'll, they'll be pleased with that. Unbeaten, of course. Two draws at home. Now they're going to follow it up. Disappointing in the FA Cup. But I think there's definite progress there for Margate. Still looking to strengthen the squad. If they can get a proven goal scorer at this level, which is easier said than done, like a big, to take the pressure for four, I think Margate could do do OK because they've got some good defenders in there and quite resilient as well, which I think Jay Saunders has, has um, drilled into him. I know you spoke to Afua for the radio as well. What do you make of his performance? Because obviously they picked him up from Whitstable Town and the reports I've read, he's, he seems like a decent little little player. Yeah, he's um, normally he's a winger, um, but they sort of had to play him a centre forward because they haven't got anybody else. But he's a strong, quick, not, not, not too strong, not the way, he's a quick player who plays along the line. So he probably needs to work on his positional sense because as a winger, he's trying to go everywhere from that. But he's got a bit of pace can go past the player, um, set up the first goal and bang the penalty in for the equaliser. So, yeah, I, th- I, I, I he's raw. I don't know how old he is. He must be early 20s. So, But I would say I would keep an eye on him because I think if you can train him in the right direction, you might have a bit of a player there. If you can, you know, work on his skills, work on his tactical part of the game and tell him, you know, not to try and do everything. I think um, he's a good, good player. But I think he's a good signing for Margate. 
This weekend with Cray and folks from both in FA Cup action, Margate are in league action. They travel to Leatherhead uh, and then on Tuesday night, it's all around the M25 for everybody. Folks and Victor are going to Bishop Stortford. Cray Wanderers are going to Potter's Bar and coming the other way, Chesson are down to Margate. That's a nice trip for them uh, on a Tuesday evening. Uh, into the southeast Division then as well, where uh, only one of our teams has got six points from six. That is VCD Athletic. They beat Whitstable 4-1 on Saturday. Whitstable uh, still yet to register a point this season. Uh, Seven Oaks have four points after their 1-1 draw with Whitehawk, where manager Mickey Collins was sent off. And Cray Valley also have four after their 2-1 win over Sittingbourne. Elsewhere, Ashford won 2-1 at Ramsgate. Herne Bay beat Phoenix Sports 3-0. Goalkeeper Luke Watkins saved a penalty as Faversham drew 0-0 with Hastings United. Uh, High Town also made it through in the FA Trophy as they brushed past Chalfonts and Peter. Uh, I think it was 3-0, uh, the win for the Cannons. They uh, they do have a 100% league record, but they have only played uh, just the one game so far. This weekend in that division, it's Haywards Heath Town against Whitstable Town. Herm Bay are at home to Whitehawk. High Town hosts Phoenix Sports. Seven Oaks are at home to Burgess Hill. And it's a bit of a derby. Well, it is a derby. Sittingbourne at home to Faversham Town. And then on Tuesday night, a full programme of fixtures uh, in the southeast division. By the looks of things, now there's one game on Wednesday, actually. But on Tuesday night, uh, Phoenix Sports go to Burgess Hill. It's Cray Valley against Faversham. Ramsgate travel to East Grinstead. Sittingbourne at home to Ashford. Whitswell Town go to Three Bridges. And then on Wednesday night, it's Seven Oaks against Hythe Town. Uh, early, early days there. But after their FA Cup uh, disaster, I suppose you could say, VC Athletic under Nick Davis making a great start to the season, Matt. Uh, I think... Um... Yeah, Nick Davis, we know, you know, he's been managed at certain clubs at this level. So he knows how to do it. Early, good start. Got to carry it on now. You still expect the likes of Cray Valley to be up there as my favourites and Hyde as well after Franny Colling banged a hat-trick. So, but a, a, a league that will be dominated by our Kent sides. I'm, I'm absolutely convinced of that. Yeah, and I mean, interesting to see all the derbies so far. Sittingbourne seem to every game so far is, is, is a Kent derby for them. Uh, and I remember many years ago speaking to Jim Ward and he said to me, whoever comes out on top of this Kent mini league is going to be there or thereabouts. And, and it's even more important now, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, when I spoke to the um, simple manager after the deal time, he said, you know, every week we've got, we've got a local derby. Everybody sort of knows each other. So they're trying to put one up with you in it, but you've got to, you've got to make sure you compete against these sides. Otherwise they'll hurt you. So it's, it's a Kent division and all but name this one. So, the players know, having known each other and they know how they're going to play. So it's got to be the right mentality for that. Exactly. Well, I'm sure it's going to be another fantastic, fascinating weekend of football. And hopefully this time next week, we'll actually be able to talk more about what's happened on the pitch rather than uh, stuff that's going on off it. Uh, apart from that, Matt, everything all right down down in Broadstairs? Yeah, fine. Yeah, everything's fine. Um, everything's sort of norm, back to normalities and bits and pieces. So we're just... Uh, uh, plodding along really so I'll totally say Edge of earlier October's a bit mental isn't it so get this time next month you'll be looking at you know nearly the end of the year and it's just know where the, year, the year's gone which most of it's been in lockdown to be honest yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah so. it's uh, it seemed to have gone by a little bit quicker even though it actually went slower when we couldn't do anything um, for three and a half months but yeah I, I, I mean obviously I'm doing my other work as well at the moment so a bit burning the candle at both ends it was probably a bit silly to go up to Maidstone on a oh, excuse me even thinking about making me tired you see it was probably a bit silly so have you, you been watching what games have you been watching uh, last well you see now last night I did 
Ference Barros against Moldo. I did the first leg of that last week. It was an absolute thriller. It finished 3-3. Brilliant game of football. Last night was absolutely terrible. It finished 0-0. Ferenc Barros threw on away goals. Uh, Moldo had 13 shots and only hit the target with one of them, which just pretty much said everything you needed to know about why they are now in the Europa League. And Ferenc Barros, famous name in European football, Ferenc Barros, yeah? Pushkas. Have not been in the Champions League group stage for 25 years, believe it or not. If they win this, are they in then? They're in that. They qualified last. Oh, so was that, not, this was the last round, was it? Last night, yep. Yeah, they qualified and they will be in the uh, in the group stage of the Champions League. They will be the the team that probably most teams want to pick up because they've got the lowest uh, coefficient. Uh, obviously, the draw is on Thursday and. Uh, during some quiet moments last night, I was eyeing up uh, potential worst and best case scenarios for some of the groups. And with the way that it's seeded, there's potential for Liverpool and Barcelona to be in the same group. But there's also potential for Zenit St. Petersburg to be the top seed for someone. Uh, and that just kind of will help teams out. So uh, it will be interesting will, to see. Will you still be able to go to games if you're doing the Chelsea thing this time? I would imagine so, because you've actually... Yeah. We've had reporters go into all the games um, at, at, at the moment. So we had a, a, the chap in Ferenc Varos in Budapest was there last night. Was there any crowd there? No, none at all. Although the Ferenc Varos fans, hundreds of them were outside the stadium. And if you actually listen to it with the sound on, which I don't tend to, but you could hear the, the fans outside chanting. It was like they were in the stadium. The, the chap from, from Mulder said, it sounds like it's actual crowd noise. So... Mm. But, yeah. yeah, good support from that. All right, so well, I suppose everything's getting back to normality. October, Champions League, and and I like I like that. We'd hopefully, um, hopefully we'll be able to see a game. I don't know if, where I'll be this weekend, but if I'm going to be anywhere, depending on the rights issues, uh, we'll go from there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've had a, I had a nice weekend actually. Cause we were we were actually the B and B's been empty. It was empty tonight, and it was empty on Sunday as well. So Monday morning I had a lie in, which was absolutely fantastic. But on Sunday I said, Tony, come on, let, let's go out and. We've lived in Sussex coming up for two years now, unbelievably, and um, we're still sort of finding our way around. So we went and did a bit of an ABC on Sunday. We went to Arundel, Chichester and Bognor. And uh, yeah, we had a nice nice day out, nice to get out and, and just see something different and try and get back to some sort of normality. Chichester's a nice place, though. I was, I was very impressed. I, if it wasn't so far away, I'd be looking at their fixtures thinking, oh, when could I go back there? Um, but yeah, nice little spot. Yeah, uh, yeah, isn't it a bit posh down there? It's near Portsmouth, isn't it? Is that near Portsmouth? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, not far from Portsmouth at all. Yeah, there in Arundel, uh, both very nice places actually, very, very well to do. Chichester, the the town or the city centre was was pretty similar to Canterbury, but probably on a slightly bigger scale actually. I I really liked it. Found a nice micropub, went and had a drink, and then uh, bought six cans to bring home as well. So. Um, yeah, all is good, really. All is good. Yeah, we didn't do, we, the weather was so bad the weekend. We just sort of now we've got Disney Plus, so another television channel we've got. Okay. For the kids are all over that, so we'll be Wait, watching. Have you had a Monday on that? No, it's Nickelodeon. I did. I find out about that. Oh, okay. but we have been watching um, Cobra Kai on Netflix. Have you heard it? Were you into? Um, it's the Karate Kid. Were you into the Karate Kid as a kid? Um, the films. Not really. It's just the, ne- it's just the next one from that, but it's very good. So we haven't got. Have you got Netflix? I can't remember if you got Netflix. I've got Netflix and Amazon Prime. Yeah, we're living our best life here. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so that's very good. Um, have you been watching the Bake Off? We were shocked when that lady knocked that bloke's thing after. Uh, so. I haven't seen last night yet, but no, no, we normally watch it with the kids after that. How so. funny was that round where they had to make the people? I mean, and some of the responses on Twitter, like the Freddie Mercury, was just to that, and and the woman who got knocked out. I mean, I don't know why no one said this at the time, but she made ET in cake form. 
that's really tough on that. Quite a nightmare. I think it's getting really hard because the days of just making a standard cake rather than making one for the face is, um, yeah, tough. But so we, yeah, we watched that with the kids after that. So I'll probably watch that again tonight. Anything else you want to talk about? Top of the league, mate. Cock of the south. I ate the Phipps because he's all mouth. Fantasy league, mate. Uh, is it, have we got a league? Have we? I, yeah. I, I think I might delete it actually. Yeah, well, am I? So um, let me point to my clear. Let me just roll up my. I'm in three leagues, mate, and I'm top right. in every single one. Oh, get you. 16 points clear. No, well, I work out 14. 24 no, points clear. 24, I can't be that. 24 <laughs> points clear. I see. Now, I, I've, I think I've got a strong side here. I mean, I had a decent week this week. Top of the league. But I'm, well, I'm, it's obviously strong because it's holding up all the rest. Um, but, you know, it's just not. Uh, the problem is, is my strikers aren't scoring. And my strikers, I've got. What, uh, Timo Werner I'm waiting for him to come good when he comes good that'll be a good signing I've got him as well I've got Ollie Watkins probably a bit of a risk and I've got Callum Wilson but I've only just brought him in but he's going to score me points but I've got De Bruyne and Fernandez, and I've got Grealish and Nevis I've got players who score goals just need them to start bloody scoring goals because I'm not being funny but this is the first time you've mentioned it but two other people have been on to me about this and they're 6th and 7th in this league everyone's looking at me and they're taking them in because I'm not having it anymore it's not fair so, no, top of the league, mate. Yeah. yeah well, oh, so there, there you go. Can I, can I delete? Can I kick teams out of this league? I'll have to look into that. That'll be fun. I'll be <laughs> next week. Just you wait and see. Anyway, uh, thank you everybody for listening to this week's show. I uh, hope you, you have enjoyed it. You can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Search for Kent Only Podcast. I am at John Phipps eighty one. Matt is at Matthew underscore Joe. I and a little appeal here. This may sound like a bit of a uh, an idiot thing to say, but if you're running a club's twitter account and we feature your club please please give us a retweet because basically we, we want your fans to know what what we're doing so it re- we really really do appreciate it and and we we love having everybody on but we need people to sort of tell us what's we need people to spread the word for us so please if as if, long as you don't call the manager gaffer though you know that annoys me well exactly yeah but if you uh if you do if we do feature you please please give us a retweet and a share because it does mean so much to us all uh thank you everybody for listening thanks to all four of our guests uh for being on the show this week and we will speak to you all on next week's kent Lonnie podcast top of the league john i always told you i'd make a good football manager